0: I'm Red Robinson, and these are the Legends of Rock. Carl Perkins' Blue Suede Shoes was the first crossover hit. Here, Carl remembers how it happened. Up until 1956, Red, there'd been a few songs crossover from the country to the pop, and and ironically enough, there were some pop songs that was easing over into the country. Uh, I can't name them right now, but I can tell you the... The country guy who was who was starting to. Uh, his songs, not his particular records, but Hank Williams, with things like uh, Cheating Heart. Uh, Frankie Lane did it in the pop charts. There church. you go. And see, they were, they were starting to be recorded, or uh, covered rather, as they say in a business, by the pop people. You had uh, the country and western charts, you had the pop charts, and then you had rhythm and blues. And. Uh, up until 1956, no one record had ever uh, been number one in all three categories at the same time. And uh, somebody told me after 56, uh, or in that year, right after my song, Blue Suede Shoes, my record of it really went to number one uh, in all three categories of music. They said that Las Vegas would probably have given you 1 odds that never would have happened. But I'll tell you something that I think, and uh, I've thought this now, I've had plenty of time, 30 years to think about. (laughs) I really do, because after uh, the Blue Suede started, I started working with some of the the black artists, uh, like Chuck Berry, uh, Pastor Domino. And I remember the first thing Chuck Berry ever said to me. was in Columbia, South Carolina, and it was the first night of a tour that I was going to work with Chuck. And I really liked his stuff, you know, Maybelline, his his songwriting was just really super great. I detected some white rhythm in Mm -hmm. Chuck Berry. Chuck uh, detected some black in, in, in what was happening at Sun Records, which is exactly what happened. We took country songs, just put the black rhythm, that that black southern gospel. Amen. Amen. Uh, as you know, as Elvis did with "Blue Moon of Kentucky," was his first record, a Bill Monroe classic. You know. That's right. So uh, Chuck said to me, uh, I heard him coming down the hall. He said, "I want to meet Carl Pretty." <laughs> yes, yeah, that sounds like Chuck Berry. And the door opened. My brother Clayton. Uh, open the door. He said, that's Carl I said my there. And Chuck said, "Shona, I got up and I said, Chuck Berry, man, nice to meet you. He said, you know, I I thought you were one of us. I said, well, man, when it comes to music, is there any difference? I never wondered about it when I drop a quarter or nickel in a jukebox. I want to hear Blueberry Hill. I want to hear Maybelline. Right. Uh, he told me after... Uh, I met him a day or two after that, he said, you know, and this was back when the, the segregation thing in the South was, you right. know, we, we, we'd stay in different hotels. I mean, in the South, you had to. Uh, that was just the way it was. He said, you know, we keep on hitting at this music. we would have to do more with the segregation than the government will ever do. And I thought, we, through the years, we've, we've talked about it. And I think the music did have a lot to do with it because because uh, you redneck in the South, man, like I say, he, he will not hear Blueberry Hill. and He didn't care what color the man was that was singing. I think it had a lot to do with it. Carl, fate wasn't really uh, shining on you when Blue Suede Shoes hit. Now, I'd like you to tell me in your words the story, but the way I got it very briefly was you were on your way to New York to do a major television network appearance and mm-hmm. you had an accident. What That's happened? right. I, uh, let me go back just a little the night before the accident. I played in uh, North Fork, Virginia. I never will forget it, Red. Uh, a fellow by the name of Sheriff Tex Davis was, uh, promoted a show there, and he said uh, he came addressing me. He said, "Carl, uh, I got a boy open for you. Oh, oh. I said, watch him and tell me, tell me what you think." So I stood beside the curtain there and listened, and he said, "Now he he's going to do this uh, this new song." And I said, "Really, be honest with." You. The boy said, "Be bop see my baby." I said, uh-huh, uh, I think it's a hit song. I like the way the he, it was Gene Benson. Mm. Uh, that night, we crawled in a, a car that was loaned to me uh, from a Cadillac dealer in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, Sam Phillips, the guy who owned Sun, made a statement. The first cat that sells me a million records, I'm giving him a new Fleetwood. <laughs> Well, blue suede shoes had done that. This was March the 21st, 1956, the night I played North for. The next morning, about daylight, uh, I was asleep in the back of the, of the uh, limousine that they let us bar because the Cadillac hadn't come in. And uh, my brother Jay was uh, in the back with me. There was the driver and... Uh, my brother Clayton and W.S. Holland, the boy who plays drums with Johnny Cash now. Those same three guys were the guys that was on the original record, Blue Suede Shoes. Uh, I woke up three days later uh, in a hospital in Wilmington, Delaware. We were within 85 miles of New York. Uh, the show we were going to be on that Saturday, this was a Thursday morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were going to be on the uh, Pericomal show. Pericomal. Mm-hmm. And the following week, I had uh, Ed Sullivan booked. Uh, we we had the major variety shows, already and Kent, But going back a little, I woke up on Sunday afternoon. The first thing I heard landing at a hospital, flat on my back, was that's one of them laying over yonder. I, they put me in a room with about four or five guys. The little hospital uh, was you know was full. And uh, I can never outlive the feeling I had when I, I, it broke my neck and I couldn't turn my head, but I was staring at that ceiling and it was ringing in my ears. This guy said, I think, I think he's the one that wrote it. I think he's the one that wrote that, that blue suede shoe. And it said there was two or three killed. And I started screaming and uh, a nurse ran in and. She said, uh, "You're gonna be all right, Mr. Perkin. But I, uh, they said later, that she gave me a, a shot, and I went back to uh, to sleep, uh, only to find out that I did lose a brother. I, I was hurt real bad. Uh, yeah, another fellow was hit; the car we hit, uh, he was killed, and uh, it, was a, it was a low point in my life. Really, it really was. I, I I laid there and I talked to the good Lord. You know, I. I got very close, I look back at it now uh I count it as a as a stepping stone as as a reminder look out boy. I'm not ready for you to have another hit record mm-hmm. I, wanna, I want you I want you later on perkins and uh I, I started counting what I had left. I had a woman, a good wife, and four uh, boy at that time I had uh, two children. One of them was born uh, when I was in the hospital up there. <laughs> she couldn't come to the hospital but anyway, uh, uh, I watched Elvis do his first network show from my hospital bed, yeah. and they had me in a kiss from my chin down to my waist, and uh, uh, one of the shows that he did, the, I think the first uh, network that Elvis did with maybe uh, Jackie Gleason. Yeah, Snow. the Dorsey brothers. Part of the. That's Gleason show. right. That's yep. right. That was. The and he said, "I want to do my new record." And uh, he said, "One for the money." And I broke out of the cast. I said, "There <laughs> it goes." But I found out after Elvis died that they wanted Elvis to cut that song. They, being RCA Victor wanted him to cut that song right after my record came out. And he said, that's my friend, he's got a hit, and I'm not, I'll cut it, I'll do it later, I love the song. Uh, I never knew that until Elvis was dead. And my record had already peaked and started sliding down, and he, of course, took it, and uh, it was on uh, an EP, and through the years, Elvis had it in uh, five or six albums. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I you don't must have, get royalties from that though, Carl, do you? For writing it? Son, that's the reason I <laughs> punch out. It's fed that song has fed me and a bunch of hungry children's ants and snuckles. I paid off more thirty seven Chevrolets than any guy in Tennessee. <laughs> it's been very, very good. Life in general, it really has. It I, has been good, Carl. And uh, yeah. not only that, then when the Beatles invasion came, they were big fans of yours. Yeah, and yeah. they covered your material with things like matchbox and sure do. You ever meet the boys? Yeah. My uh, my boys were in school back then. Of course, this record of I Want to Hold Your Hand, I mean, every kid on the block was going, oh, yeah, 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 I want to hold your hand. And they was bringing home pictures of you. I said, well, they look like girls. You know, they, <laughs> they boys' hairs too long. Really, that. Uh, but I, I, I liked what they was doing because I was detecting some old son records. And I said, wait a minute, they ain't before them cats. That's, that's what we were, you right. know? And, and I thought I heard some simplicity in that guitar of George's of, uh, mm-hmm. you know. I said, "Wait a minute." Then Stan, the older son, came home one day and he had a Beatle uh, book. book. Some boy in his class said he said, "Daddy, them long-haired boys you talking about? Them Beatles?" I said, "Yeah." He said, "George Harrison loves you." I said. Well, he don't know nothing about me, boy. They're in England. He, said, he does. It's right here in the book. And I, it said that before they became the Beatles, they were called the Silver Beetles, and that George Harrison, uh, they, they were notorious among each other to give each other nicknames. And George, one of the, the other guys, called him Carl Harrison. Yeah, he said, I love Carl Perkins. Just call me Carl. And he and I have talked about it since then. It really ha- uh, actually happened. Well, he but then I went over there in '64 with Chuck Berry, and uh, <clears throat> I did a tour, and it was just great. Uh, I mean, it was packed every night. I really started not to go. I told my wife, I said, "They don't know me over there," but it was, it was good money, and I I was back in my drinking days, and uh, I, I was uh, very bad, and. I thought,' well, I'll get over there and I mess up. Uh, I just don't need to go. I was telling Carl this, but this great lady and those four children, something said, She believes in you, man, go. It's probably the greatest move I' ever made in my life. I crawled on that little plane in Jackson, Tennessee. I went along with my guitar and my memories of home, and and I got over there and I did the tour with him with chuck after the tour i was invited to a party i started not to go i said man i got to go to tennessee in the morning this was a promoter of the show and he said you you might ought to go to this one Uh, i said okay but i can't stay long so i went walked in this castle and uh, i saw a dude standing at the end of a table like we don't have in Tennessee man it had whole hogs the, the county would put the <laughs> apple in the mouth you know turkeys with them little socks on there mm-hmm. you know their, where their feet used to be I mean it was a feast <clears throat> and I told the guy that uh, uh, the booking agent I said that that boy at the end of that table looks just like one of them little beetles that, that Ringo he said I got news for you Perkins that, that is Ringo at that point Ringo spotted us. We just walked in the hall of this big, beautiful mansion and uh, he stepped up in a chair and he tapped on that high-priced silver with a spoon or something. Everybody hushed. He said, ladies and gentlemen, he's here, Mr. Carl Perkins. I looked around to see who they were mm-hmm. talking about. Yeah, right. But it was for, it was, the party was for me and I, I wound up sitting on the floor. Uh, with a rhythm guitar, and there sat John, Paul, George, and Ringo on a couch like this, asking me, uh, uh, George saying, How did you kick off a right string with the wrong yo-yo? And uh, he was blowing my mind. I'd forgotten that was old Sun song. He said, No, nah, that's not hard of the way, but that's close enough. He knew every lick I ever had. And uh, that night, they invited me to a uh, recording studio at Abbey Road. Uh, Abbey Road yeah. And uh, I remember I got back to the hotel where I was staying, and I called my wife in Tennessee, and I said, tell my boys, them little long-haired boys they was talking about, I'm going to watch them record tonight, and Val, I'll be a day late. She said, Carl, I'm so thankful. I knew you'd do it.